A post-impeachment Congress returns to Washington this week with several issues to consider, including a long-delayed bill to reform the Postal Service. For a rundown, we turn to Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And I guess they're sort of a hangover maybe in Congress after all of this impeachment material. But uh, what does it look like coming up? Absolutely. Impeachment has hung over Congress for quite a while now, first in the House side and then in the Senate side with the trial. But um, the highlight of the week, of course, is going to be President Trump coming up to Capitol Hill tomorrow night to talk the State of the Union and give his rundown of where he thinks the country is, particularly in light now of what happened with the impeachment votes, and um, give his overview for what he wants to do over the next year. Um, This will be perhaps somewhat of a preview of themes we might see in the budget, but it also is won't be able to escape the, um, you know, the dynamics of the impeachment and, of course, maybe even touch on what happens tonight in Iowa as um, voters there go to the caucuses to try and narrow down the field of Democratic nominees and um, it pretty much anoint Donald Trump as the Republican nominee going into this year's election. So, um, you know, those two events uh, will dominate a lot, but the legislative agenda is also going to be turning as well. Yes, that State of the Union will be interesting to watch Tuesday night, I guess, because uh, there will be happy faces and glowering faces and all kinds of uh, interpersonal dynamics that are less than pleasant. Some will stand, some will sit. But what about the legislative front beyond all of that? Sure. Well, the House, one of the big things on its agenda this week is a bill to aid Puerto Rico. Uh, This is kind of a take two on this. Um, A few weeks ago, Nita Lowy, the House Appropriations Chairwoman, put out a bill with a little more than $3 billion to aid Puerto Rico in light of the earthquakes there in January, as well as lingering effects from the hurricanes a few years ago. Um, That bill was formally introduced last week with more money, about $4.67 billion, most of it going to the Housing and Urban Development Department. Um, But it's meant to help Puerto Rico get back on track. Um, There's also money there for highway relief to do construction projects related to that recovery. There's also a package of tax breaks that are in there for not just Puerto Rico, but also some of the other territories. And that's a bill that we expect will get Democratic support. We're not sure how many Republicans are going to back it, however, um, because the administration has said through um, through sources and in our reporting that there's enough in the pipeline right now for Puerto Rico with some of the disaster declarations. But still, that's a vote we'll see and could see amendments offered on the floor. The other big bill coming up this week under a rule is um, a legislation that's a big win for labor unions and would try to roll back um, some Supreme Court decisions and other um, things like state right to work laws by kind of preempting those at the federal level. And that's a measure that would be a big win for labor and something that um, we we haven't seen a lot of in the last few years, um, given the Republican control. But this is one of the things that a Democratic majority wants to do is have this kind of pro-labor legislation on the floor. What are some of the details of what that bill would do? Sure. Well, one of the big things it would do is um, make it harder for state right-to-work laws because it would preempt those. Um, It also gets at workers in the so-called gig economy by changing the criteria that that an employer can use to put someone in as an independent contractor rather than an employee. And this is a law that, or this is a provision that kind of mirrors what's happened in California, where there's a law out there that proponents say prevents misclassification of those workers as independent contractors. Um, And then it would also bar employers from discriminating against workers who strike and impose more penalties on employers who violate workers' rights. So a lot of different provisions there rolled up into a big package. It's called the PRO Act by its sponsors. um, And we'll probably see some pretty heated debate on that later this year. Even if it doesn't go anywhere in the Senate, 
where Republicans still have control and uh, a bill like that is unlikely to make the agenda for the rest of the year. We're speaking with Bloomberg Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And what about the postal bill? This is something that comes up at least in conversation on the Hill every year, but has never really come to a vote and something Congress is starting to worry maybe more about because of the mounting losses of the Postal Service. That's right. And one of the bills that's been out there for a while now is sponsored by Pete DeFazio, who's the transportation chairman. But this is a bill in a different committee's jurisdiction that he's very interested in. He's gotten more than 300 members of the House to sign on to this. There's also a Senate version sponsored by a Republican. And what this would do is end a requirement from several years ago that makes the USPS pre-fund its retirement benefits. Um, That's something that as the Postal Service's finances have become more fraught with declining mail and other expenses that are piling up, um, it's something that the post office can't do and that proponents of this legislation want to remove that requirement. Um, So that's a bill that we could see move because it has that level of co-sponsorship. There's something that the House created last year when Democrats took over with bipartisan backing that says if a bill gets more than two-thirds of the House behind it, even if committees haven't acted, they can force a vote. So we might see that mechanism come into play here with that piece of legislation. So it would be a big win for the bipartisan group of backers here, including the, I think it's 69 Republicans who have signed on to date to that legislation. So we may see that move under that procedure this week. There's an issue in the Senate that is lingering, a small one, and we have not been able to find out too much detail about it, and that is a vote on the nominees for the Merit Systems Protection Board. There are three of them. The board is totally vacant and has been for a year, and there are three nominations that did clear the Senate Committee on Government Operations. Have you heard anything about whether that could happen, that vote? Because the Senate does like to vote on those as a group when those are panels and boards, but we don't know whether there's a hold or who has the hold on which nominee. Right. And one of the things in the dynamics in the Senate right now is that it's very hard to stop a nomination once the proponents have the 51 votes they need to cut off debate and push them through. Um, I'm not quite sure what the dynamic is with those particular nominees. Uh, We will see a return post-impeachment to the the nomination processing that the Senate has done so much of the last several years, including judicial and executive branch nominees trying to get those people in place. Um, There's, you know, several agencies out there that still need their lead and haven't had them. And there hasn't really been movement on nominees so far this year because the impeachment trial has held up the floor. But um, that's one of the things for sure, nominations that Mitch McConnell will be getting back to after the impeachment. So it sounds like the conclusion of impeachment could sort of uncork some activity that's been building up behind there for several weeks. Absolutely. One of the debates that's been on pause during this time is Iran. The Senate was poised before impeachment to perhaps have a vote on a resolution trying to to block the president from taking further action in Iran. We saw the votes last week in the House on repealing the 2002 authorization and also blocking the use of federal funds to launch any sort of military action or further military action with Iran. That's a debate that we could see rejoined post-impeachment as long as infrastructure, which is something we talked about last Last week on the House side, at least, um, and other issues that are time sensitive this year, whether it's surprise billing or government authorities when it comes to um, intelligence surveillance. So there are there are no shortage of deadlines and responsibilities to, to get back to other than impeachment now that that's wrapping up. Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.